0: Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one.
1: Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph
0: Phillips. I'm Ali Bay.
1: Today is May 30th, 2019. 97 days to kick off.
0: We're still in the midst of OTAs. They'll end tomorrow. Will be the last day this week.
1: They had four days. Of OTAs this week? Yes. Adamakong Sue was at OTAs today. I assume he was supposed to be.
0: He isn't going to be there till tomorrow. He was supposed to be. That's what they told us earlier in the week. But he's back stateside. He's in Oregon at some facility there, which that's where he's from. And he'll be here tomorrow. He's taking his physical in the morning, and then he'll be available to the media.
1: Cool. So we'll get some good stuff on Sue tomorrow. Well, First, I want to do some follow-up fact checks. Uh, One follow-up, Rick Stroud was not at OTA's Tuesday. He had one of his, I don't know, interns or somebody.
0: Colleagues, I think.
1: colleague go to the OTAs and report on it. Guy did a pretty good job. Don't know where Rick Stroud was at, but I do know that he did some call-in shows to Baltimore and Cleveland. We'll get to that a little bit later. A fact check, Uh, the article we talked about that stated Gerald McCoy was a freelancer on the field, was by Albert Breer, and it was in Sports Illustrated.
0: I had that up. I knew I was wrong, or I thought I was wrong, so I checked it. I double-checked it, and I had it up on my phone, and then I forgot to even say it.
1: I think we had mentioned Albert Breer, but then we changed it to somebody like Ian Rappaport or something. Follow-up. I wanted to get a little bit deeper into Betteridge's Law. We talked about that with the media, how any headline that ends in a question mark can be answered by the word no. Uh, To expand on it further, the same comes from Ian Betteridge in a TechCrunch article. He says, Any headline which ends in a question mark can be answered by the word no. The reason why journalists use that style of headline is that they know the story is probably bullshit and don't actually have the sources and facts to back it up, but still want to run it. Now, there was a British newspaper editor named Andrew Marr, who in his 2004 book entitled My Trade, among suggestions for how a reader should interpret newspaper articles, he said, Quote, a headline with a question mark at the end means, in the vast majority of cases, that the story is tendentious? I don't know. uh, Tendentious? Tendentious or oversold. It is often a scare story or an attempt to elevate some run of the mill piece of reporting into a national controversy and, preferably, a national panic. To a busy journalist hunting for real information, a question mark means, don't bother reading this bit.
0: Oh, interesting. Yes. So. Editors at Tampa Bay Times, you should probably reconsider headlines like that.
1: Yes, and bringing that up segues right into Carl Marx's article on TheBucksNation.com. The headline is, Will a defensive overhaul change the course of the Buccaneer franchise? Question mark. Is the answer no. Well, notice the Betteridge Law headline there. In it, he says, quote, Can Arians be the man to change it all for the better? After all, this is the first staff to allegedly be all-in on Jameis Winston. This staff is all about accountability and teaching. This staff is all about winning. But at what point does Arians risk towing the line of the Greg Schiano regime?
0: So we've had him compared to Levy Smith and now Greg Schiano.
1: Right. You see what the media is doing here. He goes on to say, Arians has already reportedly taken out the music changed the tone in the locker room that was previously filled with loud music and ping-pong games. Arians has exiled the team's best interior defensive lineman since Warren Sapp in lieu of the borderline dirty player in the Domicong Sioux. Really? End quote.
0: Really, Kyle?
1: I can understand people liking Gerald McCoy being upset he's gone. I can totally understand that. But man, don't crap on the players that are on the team. Because of Gerald McCoy. And don't try to get Aryans run out of town like they did Shiano and Lovey and everybody else. They just love to do this crap.
0: I'll note that, and I know Twitter maybe isn't necessarily the best gauge of the fan base. I think, you know, it's Twitter. But in general, the fans we upset about McCoy initially, and now they're over it. And they wish him the best. He's moved on to another team. And the fans are looking forward, from what I can tell. And it's the media harping on it.
1: Yeah, well, the media will probably bludgeon them to death with this crap until they all get in line. And I'm here to say, let's not do that, guys. Let's not let the media create this narrative. And we talked about how they're starting to attack the Buccaneers organization as a whole and try to get them to come across as a dirty organization. I think they're trying to line them up with Adamakong Su as a dirty player. Anyhow, on Tampa Bay Times, they had an article by John Romano, which was retweeted by Rick Stroud. The article was entitled, Buck's attempt to get BP settlement money makes them look awfully oily. Now, I get that they're trying to be cute with their headlines and everything, but again, they're trying to make the Buccaneers organization look bad. Now, They go on in the article and they talk about the whole BP thing. We touched on that in the last podcast. But they conclude it with this, quote, If you're repulsed, I don't blame you. This does not sound like a sincere effort to recoup losses. It feels more like an attempt to jump into a barrel of cash because everyone else was doing it. It's just not a good look for a community leader. It's not a good look at all, end quote. They're trying to make the Buccaneers look bad. In the article, they also mentioned that the Tampa Bay Lightning was awarded $750,000 in this same settlement. The Lightning had asked for over $8 million in the settlement, but they only got $750,000. They didn't point out that the Tampa Bay Lightning looked oily or were dirty. Now, how was the Lightning doing it any different than the Bucks? And apparently, the Lightning didn't have much of a case either because they only got $750,000. They got one-tenth of what they were asking for. Now, how did the Lightning get it, but the Bucks did not? I mean, they're both sports teams in the same area. Why would one team be affected by it and one team wouldn't? Of course, the reporters don't go on to ask those questions because that's not their goal. Their goal is to make the Buccaneers look bad. Speaking of Rick Stroud being not at the OTAs, but being on the radio for the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I did not get a chance to listen to his Baltimore interview talking about McCoy visiting with the Ravens. But I did get to listen to the Cleveland Browns interview. It was on 92.3, the Ken Carmen Show with Anthony Lima. This was on the 24th or the 23rd. Of course, you know, they all they were asking about McCoy and all that. And Rick Stroud just went on to bash the organization, bash the team, and praise Gerald McCoy. Here's what he said. In reference to Gerald McCoy, he said, the Bucks had never won while he was here, but it was not his fault. It was not Jared McCoy's fault said the team last year had him playing out of position. He said they put him on one side of the center and left him there, and it was not even the side he thrives at. Is that true? No. Completely, 100% bullshit. Rick Stroud is just making crap up.
0: Or he's using talking points provided by Jerome McCoy's agent.
1: Yes. Darrell McCoy played the same as he always played, the same positions. They moved around. He was sometimes he was a the left defensive tackle, sometimes he was a right defensive tackle. They've always done that with him. Nothing new. And they definitely didn't keep him on one side. Complete, utter bullshit. I told you I'm gonna call these people out. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And it went on. He said Gerald has had thirteen different defensive line coaches,
0: and we covered this in the last podcast. That's misleading.
1: It's very misleading. It
0: includes the assistants, the
1: the water boys, the, the, the towel holders,
0: <laughs> defensive coordinator.
1: Yes, he went on and just had excuses for Gerald McCoy, just left and right.
0: So this was in Cleveland.
1: Yes, he was talking to the when he, when Gerald McCoy was at Cleveland. Gotcha. Uh, he went on to say that. Gerald McCoy had five or six defensive coordinators, and he was going on to his fifth head coach. And then he completely blamed the defense around him, the players. He just said they, they weren't any good. He said McCoy has never played with good players. He said that McCoy decided if he was going to take a pay cut, then he was going to go to a team that is ready to win right away. That is to be determined. If he goes to Cleveland, they're not ready to win right away.
0: No, I don't think so either.
1: He went to Baltimore. Baltimore. He left there without a contract. They went to the playoffs last year. They had the number one defense in the league. If he goes to Baltimore, he's going to be a rotational player. They don't need him.
0: And they're not going to pay him as much.
1: Hell, Cleveland doesn't even need him. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to get hardly anything at Baltimore. They don't have the salary cap to give him. Same with, who's he going to, Carolina? I mean, they're pretty tight up against the cap, too. They're not going to be able to give him a whole lot. And they're definitely not right on the edge of winning or on the cusp. So, Then Stroud went on to say that McCoy can play in a 3-4 defense, even though there's absolutely zero evidence to support this. I'm not saying McCoy can't do it, but I don't know why Rick Stroud would go ahead and volunteer the information that he can when there's zero evidence that he can because Gerald McCoy's never played in a 3-4 defense. Matter of fact, Gerald McCoy said in, I think it was 2016 or so, that he would never play in a 3-4 defense.
0: It sounds like a resume.
1: Oh, gosh, he just kissed McCoy's (laughs) butt the whole time. Are we shocked? No. No, not at all. Then he went on to say about the defense. He said that there were no Pro Bowlers walking around one Buck place.
0: There couldn't be because Joe McCoy was there. He would never allow that. Well,
1: I think JPP is a Pro Bowler.
0: Yeah, sure enough.
1: Yeah. He did bring up JPP and he said he was the best player that McCoy has ever played with on the defense and said that Michael Bennett in his early years were the only two decent guys on the defensive line McCoy's ever played with. He then went on to say that he never had help in the interior. Of the line.
0: I'm so tired of that trope too because oh, yeah. all we've done is get Daryl McCoy help his entire career. Mm-hmm. And there were sometimes guys that were playing as well as McCoy, if not better, Yep, that never got the attention for it, never got the praise, but shouldered all of the blame. Right. And you talked about this not too long ago, but guys like Clinton McDonald.
1: Yes, we'll get to that in just a second. I want to continue with what Stroud said about McCoy, uh, he said that McCoy is a better person than he is a player on the field. And that says something because he made six Pro Bowls. That's what Stroud said.
0: Popularity contest.
1: He then went on to say that teams had the game plan for him every year, and they always slid their line to block him every year since he's been here. That, again, is complete BS, which proves that Rick Stroud does not watch game film. Not a shocker there either. And then again, he went on to reiterate that he had never had any help on the defensive line. He kept pounding that away. When asked why Jer- Arians joined the Bucks and how big of a surprise it was, Stroud basically said, well, it's because Arians got everything he wanted. He got to hire his old friends, got to hire this large staff. He got a big payday.
0: So I'm sure we can count on objective reporting going forward by Rick Stroud yeah. when yeah. it comes to the Arians regime.
1: Yeah, it wasn't because uh, Arians thought that he could take this they make it a winning team. Of course not. No. And it was all selfish reasons why Arians joined. He did mention Nodomakong Sue once. He said that Sue had been out in the free agency market since the end of last season and no one had any interest from him. Yet McCoy had interest from ten teams.
0: Which there's been no evidence of that either, except for what Rick Shroud said.
1: Right, who he got from either McCoy or McCoy's agent Ben Dogra. Right. Which doesn't make any sense. One of the Joes brought this up in their podcast the other day. They said, if there's 10 teams that are interested in McCoy, we would have been able to trade him.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Because
1: there's no way. If you're interested in a player and you want him, you're not going to let him go on the free agency market because somebody else can get him. Right. If you want him, you get him. You trade for him. But nobody wanted to trade for him.
0: And he's only had three. Okay, 10 teams. That's a third of the league, first of all. That's just ridiculous. Right. I don't know that 10 teams would want Tom Brady, well, they would. <laughs> yeah. That's a lie. Um, but then he's only had three visits. If you have 10 teams interested in you, why wouldn't you go visit 10 teams?
1: Well, we'll see. He's going to his third one here.
0: And Rick Stroud's reporting today that there will be a decision as early as Friday.
1: So he's he's gone to three out of 10? Right. And he's going to make a decision? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, here's the thing about the Sue situation where they said that you know, Sue's been on the open market and nobody's been interested in him. Yeah, you don't know that, Rick Stroud, because you didn't even know he was coming to your team that you cover. You wrote an article saying Gerald McCoy was going to stay a Buccaneer in 2019. You were wrong. You did not know that they were in negotiations with the Dama Sue. They could have been contacted Sue the day he became a free agent and said, hey, we're going to sign you for so-and-so much money as soon as we— cut Gerald McCoy, and Sue was like, great. You know why? Because Sue wants to go back to Florida. You know why? Because they don't have any income tax. He's going to make as much money at Tampa Bay getting $9 million as he did at the Rams for getting $14 million. Because they take like 28% of your tax in income tax. So you don't know, Rick Stroud. You don't know what teams contacted Sue. You don't know if the Buccaneers contacted Sue the day after he became available. You
0: don't know. It's also funny that he said that Sue has had no interest because in his podcast, I don't know if it was yes Tuesday or Wednesday this week, he said I don't know who Sue was negotiating with to get the bucks to pay him that much. So he implied that there was another team that we were in a bidding war with over Sue. Right but in what, that podcast.
1: But what he's doing here? He's is trying he...
0: to disparage. Sue, like yes. oh, he's, he's not worth that. No, His price just got driven up because someone else wanted him.
1: He, he he's he's trying to say here that nobody wanted Sue, but everybody wants McCoy.
0: Yeah, it's
1: just boot licking. Now, when he was asked about, was isn't it?
0: there a bootlicker in Tampa?
1: Oh yeah, there no. Is it Tampa or <laughs> Vegas? I don't
0: know.
1: I think it might i be think Tampa. I
0: think I read it in our Buccaneers. I
1: just watched videos of it. It's really crazy. He just goes <laughs> around and licks people's shoes, the soles of their shoes. Ugh. <laughs> ah. He yeah.
0: Sorry for that little tangent.
1: Yeah. Uh, when he was asked by the DJs at the radio station what, if any concerns there were with McCoy, or if he had any downsides, Stroud said he had never heard of any. Really? Yeah.
0: Of course he hasn't, because he's only talked to Ben Dogra.
1: Well, he's lying, because I've seen him argue with people on Twitter about Quite a bit about Gerald McCoy.
0: Uh, the downsides.
1: Downsides. Like him not showing up in the fourth quarter, him not making big plays, him not making the people around him better, which is, that's one of the things. You know, Stroud saying, oh, he's never had any good people surrounding him. No, great players make those around them better. That's a, that's a slight on McCoy, if you ask me. He said that Gerald McCoy does not take plays off. That's, of course, bullshit. Every player takes plays off. I could show you quite a few clips of Daryl McCoy taking plays off. As a matter of fact, quite a few of them during game-winning drives. Not us winning the game. The opponents winning the game.
0: A lot of times it's he pretends to get injured and goes onto the sideline. Maybe not pretends, but...
1: He gets injured and then comes to the sideline for a couple plays and then goes yeah. back out there. Right. That he, that happened a lot. I need to do a clips of that. He went on to say, if there was any knock on McCoy, it is that he is an older athlete. He said McCoy had to play too much because, quote, you cannot hide a bad defensive line, unquote. And by the fourth quarter, he might be a little tired because of his age. He wears down quicker than he used to because he is 31 years old. That's the only negative Rick Stroud could come up with. And then he went on to blame the rest of the defense for McCoy's lack of performance multiple times. Now, I want to get to that. You touched on it a little bit, but when you have somebody like Jared McCoy who gets— All the praise from the media, like Gerald McCoy does, which this is a perfect example, it would make you not want to play hard. If no matter what you do, Gerald McCoy is going to get credit for it, and everybody's just going to praise Gerald McCoy, why work hard? I mean, the media doesn't seem to understand this. If all you do is praise one guy, the rest of the team is not going to want to do anything. But he's talking about the lack of players we've had on the defense, especially on the defensive line. Yeah, let's never mind Clinton McDonald who had 13 and a half sacks in 45 games with the Buccaneers, 142 tackles with 99 of them solo. That's compared to McCoy's 150 tackles over the same time period in 58 games. Seven more games. So McDonald had eight less tackles than Gerald McCoy in seven less games. Wow. But the point still being, he had just as many tackles as Gerald McCoy. So let's just crap all over Clinton McDonald. He was obviously a horrible player, even though he went to the Super Bowl and won a ring. What about Adrian Claiborne? He's gone to two Super Bowls since he's left us and won one of them. We got Roy or Michael, Michael Bennett, who, of course, played for Tampa for four years, three of those with Gerald McCoy. He played in 50 games, started in 28 of them. Even Akeem Spence. He started all 16 games for Miami last year, and he had more tackles, both solo and combined, than Gerald McCoy. We got William Golston, Jockey Smith who had 13 and a half sacks with Tampa while only starting in 18 games and playing in 29. Wow. Robert Ayers, Vinnie Curie, Bo Allen. Let's not forget to mention Vita Vey, who only played 47% of defensive snaps last year compared to Gerald McCoy's 70%, yet still had more solo tackles than Gerald McCoy.
0: Are you serious? And what about Noah
1: Spence? Now, he's been an enigma. I don't know why he's not seeing the field, and none of these gifted reporters are trying to find out, but... In 2016, he had five and a half sacks with only 572 defensive snaps, which is 54%, compared to Gerald McCoy, who had seven sacks on 794 plays, which is 78%. That gives Noah Spence one sack for every 104 snaps. Gerald McCoy had one sack for every 113 snaps. Wow. So, yeah, let's just crap on all these players. I can understand some of these guys. You go, well, you know, Akeem Smith, Akeem Spence. Roy Miller, blah, blah, blah. You know, they didn't, you know, Jackie Smith. They didn't really do a whole lot. Yeah, but they weren't crap. So a lot of these guys that have played on our defensive line have gone on to win Super Bowls. A lot of them are still in the league, playing well, on good teams. And to just say that the reason why Gerald McCoy's productivity wasn't better was because he never played on a good defense. Oh, you butt kisser. So anyhow, don't let these guys fool you. They're all pro McCoy, all anti-Buccaneers.
0: McCoy is in the market for a new useful idiot now that he's leaving the Tampa market.
1: It sounds like he's carrying him with him. I mean, Rick Stroud. I don't know if he's in Baltimore <laughs> or where he's at, but he's still doing McCoy's work.
0: Well, in any case, McCoy was spotted at Helodinada's retirement press conference. He no, came in. I heard about that. Sat in the back by himself and then left. I just find why it. Why would you do that? Why would you do no players? Go to the press conferences. Why would a player go to a press conference? Go to his retirement party. You
1: know who goes to press conferences?
0: People who want to be seen by the media.
1: No, the media. <laughs> I mean, it's a press conference. It's a right. conference of press people. That's who goes to press conferences. Right. And What what does he have to do with Holodinata? As far as I know, he's never met the guy.
0: Supposedly, they spoke while McCoy was in Baltimore.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I can understand. McCoy's there. Might as well go to the press conference, I guess, if you're right there or something like that. But to me it's just one of those things where Gerald McCoy is wherever there's a camera. Yeah. Or reporters. That's Jerry what I'm there.
0: He went where he knew people were gonna talk about him.
1: Which they did. That's odd. Who would have known? I mean, that kind of takes the sail away from Ladi Nada's.
0: Yeah, I thought it was messed conference. up. People were like, Oh, that's a sign of respect. No, it's not.
1: Yeah, go it's to the It's like
0: his- showing up to a wedding wearing white. You don't do that.
1: Yeah. Go to the actual like induction to the Hall of Fame or something where there's an actual ceremony where other players are going to show up and give their support and everything. But a press conference? Oh, Was there any other Baltimore Ravens players there?
0: I don't... Not that I'm aware.
1: We would never know. You know why? Because all they're going to talk about is, Daryl, McCoy. Yeah.
0: There were two Baltimore reporters that tweeted it immediately. So I think they're in the running for McCoy's new fanboy.
1: What do you call them? Useful idiots?
0: Useful idiots. Yeah. Um. But I think my... Suspicion. It was right after his meeting with the um, with the team. I think it's probably to kind of prod Cleveland a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe drive up his price tag, get him into a bidding war. Yeah, and then he-
1: Cleveland's the only one that can pay him any decent money. Like I said, if he goes to Baltimore, he's going to be a rotational player. He's not going to get that much. I'd be surprised if he got six million.
0: And I don't think that they're. I'm not going to say they're not contenders. They're not as strong as they were probably four years ago. Cleveland? No, Baltimore.
1: Oh, yeah. Baltimore, no. They're not going to be as good as they were last year. They caught everybody off guard with the Lamar Jackson running game. Uh,
0: maybe. Well, and they were inconsistent with – I don't think their offense was really that solidified. I felt like they were kind of flying by the seat of their pants a little bit because they benched Flacco. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson came in. I think RD3 played a little bit. Yeah. So you're right. They probably caught people off guard a little bit. But they do always seem to make their way to the playoffs one way or another.
1: Well, that's because they play in a division where, you know, there's usually two teams in there that are sucky.
0: Yeah, but. I
1: mean, Cleveland's automatic two wins, I mean
0: they always play each other hard, all the teams in that division. Maybe not the Bengals the last couple of years, but for sure, the Browns and the Steelers are always formidable opponents for the Ravens. Yeah,
1: and, and the Ravens have an easy schedule next year.
0: Right, so, so I could very easily see them squeaking into the playoffs.
1: Well, you never know, but I, you know it's not guaranteed, that's for sure.
0: Right, right.
1: But Cleveland, No. Cleveland's going to be a disaster next year, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I was pretty high on him earlier in the season when everyone wasn't talking about him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, but now that everybody's saying they're Now that
0: everybody's talking about him, like, eh, it's overrated. I think that does kind of go to your head a little bit. And I do think Baker Mayfield, he's kind of got a chip on his shoulder. But we, didn't we see that with Johnny Football, too, when he just imploded? Yeah. It's kind of a similar... Attitude, And they got OBJ, who's a diva. Yeah. They got too many personalities, I think, out there. Well,
1: the big thing with me is their head coach, Kitchens. The guy's never even been an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Oh, really? I I don't know what they were doing to hiring him. It's just weird. So I don't have a whole lot of faith that they're going to be a playoff contender.
0: I think they'll be counting on Pittsburgh not being a contender this year, but you can never really count them out. I don't know all their— Locker room issues—they seem to have a lot. If they can get it straightened out over the off season, they did get rid of A B, so maybe that'll take some of the drama out.
1: Yeah, it seems like they jettisoned all the malcontents.
0: Maybe we'll see. I but, mean, maybe the malcontents were malcontent for a reason.
1: But I mean, like Carolina. So, so if he's going to choose by Friday, and he's going—if he's going to choose between those three teams,
0: okay, I, Baltimore's
1: the only one that's you could say might. Be back to the playoffs next year.
0: My suspicion is he's going to sign with Cleveland for the money. It's That's what be, I would think Yeah, too. it's going to be better money in Cleveland. They got the hype train. They also have a lot of attention on them right now. Oh right, now.
1: yeah, he's going to love that. So
0: he's going to love that. Although I don't know how much he's going to want to compete with Baker Mayfield and OBJ for the attention. We'll That's see. True. Yeah. Carolina, I think he's only going there to give the Bucks a middle finger.
1: <laughs> I wish he would go to Carolina. I, I wish he would too. I want to play. You're him getting twice that here. a lot
0: on Twitter too. People are commenting that.
1: Yeah. Uh, when he went to the Ravens, my first thought was, you know, his agent Bendogra, who was kind of a jerk, kind of a slimy guy, from what I can understand, he got fired from CAA for just being a total jerk off. But he's suing RG three. He used to be RG 3s agent. And he's suing RG3 for over $650,000 in marketing and endorsement deal fees. Now, RG3 is the backup quarterback at Baltimore.
0: Ooh, that'll be a little awkward.
1: Yeah, so I'm like, how is that going to work? You know, McCoy's going to go there. His agent is Ben Dogra. You know, Ben Dogra's going to be in the building. Does
0: it work like that?
1: I don't know. I
0: don't know either. (laughs) What
1: do I know about
0: this stuff?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just read what Rick Stroud tells me. I just found it interesting to think that that could be a point of contention there.
0: In any case, we could know as early as tomorrow what McCoy's decision will be. So this podcast might be out by the time they announce it.
1: Oh, yeah. Didn't even think about that. You know, every time I do this, I I think we're live. Like a radio. (laughs) I always end up saying stuff where later when I'm editing it, I'm like, you know, by the time people listen to this, this is going to sound really silly. Yeah. This being one of the examples. Anyhow, we got some Sioux news. One person who was not happy about Ndamukong Kangsu being signed. Rick <laughs> Actually, a good point. There's a whole cabal of people who aren't happy. But one other person was uh, David Rivers, quarterback. He was waived to make room for oh. Ndamukong Kangsu. And we mentioned Sue is going to be at OTAs tomorrow. They're going to have a press conference. So we'll have some good information about that. Uh, Peter Report asked Evan Smith, about the Dama Sioux. Now, if you don't recall, Evan Smith is the one that the Dama Sioux got fined for slamming his head into the ground multiple times and then stepping on him. I do believe he was suspended for that one. I can't remember if it was that one or the Aaron Rodgers incident. But so, you know, everybody's been like, uh, what's going to happen when Evan Smith is going up against the Dama Sioux in practice? You know, they're going to be in the same locker room and all this. Evan Smith said this. He said, quote, yeah, it was like eight or nine years ago, something like that. I'm not keeping count. I played to him multiple times before that. It is what it is. I'm out here to win football games. We're here to win. That's it. We get paid to do a job. If he's here, that's what it is. End quote.
0: Guys are so funny like that, though, because you guys can be best friends and then get into a fist fight, and then two minutes later, you're best friends again.
1: Or the exact opposite. You get into a fist fight, and then you become best friends. I've had that many, many times. A lot of my best friends have been guys I've gotten in fight with.
0: (laughs) You're just not quite as committed to grudges as women are, I think. Unless you're Aaron Rodgers, he's the exception.
1: Yeah, and y'all women are weird because y'all will be just as friendly to each other and then stab each other in the back, and then when you see each other, you're friendly again. Y'all don't, like, confront head-on. Y'all do all this social manipulation behind the scenes. Guys, we like to just, you know, butt heads and have it out and then drink a beer. So I found that interesting. But one thing that struck me in that was when he said, it is what it is. I used to hate that phrase. And the only time I hear people say it is when they go, yeah, this sucks, but there's nothing I can do about it. Oh,
0: that's That's true. what it
1: is what it is means to me.
0: Nah. Yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs> that's all for Sue news. Oh, except for I wanted to add, I had mentioned in a podcast, I should have put this in a fact check. I had put in a podcast a few weeks ago that the first game that Sue played last year against the Oakland Raiders, the first snap, he got into a pushing match with one of the offensive linemen. Uh, me and Molly went back and watched that last night, I think it was. Yeah, it wasn't Sue, it was Aaron Donald.
0: It was a good one, though. Yeah. Besides cornerback David Rivers, we also waved defensive lineman Stevie. Uh, I can't say that his That long name. name. Yeah, that long
1: name. Tabaku.
0: Right. Exactly. I think that's how you say it.
1: One of the Joes is really good at saying it. They practiced it. Oh, really? Yeah. Now they're probably upset he's gone. I know, right? Yeah. Now, why did we cut a defensive lineman?
0: Because we signed a wide receiver, Xavier Ubosi. Who is he? I don't know. He's going to wear number 89, though.
1: Apparently, he was an undrafted wide receiver out of UAB. He's This is a third team he's been signed with, uh, Washington being one of them. I'm sorry, not Washington, uh, the Jets and the Patriots. So he's just bouncing around. He's the fodder guy that's down at the bottom of the roster.
0: We've also added a new director of athlete performance.
1: Good lord, we got another <laughs>
0: coach. So they're adding a sports science department to their staff under this guy, Greg Skaggs.
1: Wait, they're gonna add more people under him? Yes. Wait a minute, is this front office stuff or is Yes. No Okay.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's it's part of the coaching staff. Both, kind of, I think. He's going to focus on working with the strength and conditioning trainers to optimize player health and production, per Greg Almond.
1: Good grief. So what are we up to, 30, 31 coaches now? Yeesh. Eventually, we're going to have one coach per player. Could be. We're going to have a right guard coach, a right tackle <laughs> coach, a center coach, a left guard coach. Screw this offensive line coach mess, man. That's so old school. And then each one of those coaches are going to have an assistant, an intern. We're going to have like 300-man staff.
0: Sounds like a lot of bureaucracy.
1: Could backfire. You never know.
0: Well, we've never seen it before, so let's just see what happens. That's
1: right. This is uncharted territory.
0: That's right. We'll have more coaches this fall as Bill Walsh Fellows, which is a fellowship program to get more diversity in coaching staff. We're
1: going to have more coaches?
0: Yes. So they're former players. The Cardinals, cornerback. Gerard Powers, Steelers wide receiver Nate Washington, Chiefs running back Kimball Anders, and Cardinals linebacker Jasper Brinkley, as well as the Lions running back Kevin Jones and the Broncos uh-huh. offensive tackle George Foster. So again that's per Greg Aemen.
1: Wait, these are new coaches that are going They're be-
0: kind of like interns. Wow,
1: man. This basically. Is, this is getting ridiculous.
0: <laughs> the Bucks had cut for a cure campaign. Where they like cut and color their hair, cut and or color their hair. It's kind of like a pledge thing.
1: What cure is this for?
0: I don't know. Cancer?
1: Most likely. You know, you would think with all these charities and organizations to cure cancer that we would have done it like 30 years ago.
0: Yes. Oh, this was pediatric cancer. Good cause. Yeah. They raise money for pediatric cancer. And we broke 100,000 raised this year. Nice. So they did that today. There's some videos of some of the players on Twitter getting their hair Who all dyed. got their hair cut? Um,
1: you said Brian Ford did.
0: Brian Ford, the COO, he shaved his. A lot of the coaches did, too.
1: They shaved their head? Yeah. Oh, so it's not like just a regular haircut. Right. It, now, is their hair going to the kids, or is it? No.
0: I don't so think they want some we, white hair. Uh, <laughs> ba got his cut. <laughs>
1: did he shave? He didn't have Yeah. No, he got no hair. I know. Hair. <laughs>
0: But some, if they didn't cut their hair, some of them got it, like, colored orange, which I guess is the color. So Jameis was up there. He got his colored orange. I think it was just, like, temporary. Yeah. So this is the seventh annual cut for a cure. Wren of the Cast, another Buccaneers podcast, went to OTAs and had some good information that he brought up. Oh, yeah? He uh, Yeah, he got, they got press passes, and so they got to go. To OTAs. He asked about Justin Evans, and apparently, you know, Justin's been out with his toe, and they said it was a turf toe injury. He was actually put on IR at the end of last season and didn't play. Well, apparently, he's still sidelined, but it's not the toe, and they're not saying what it is, but um, it's not a significant injury.
1: He's just got to get his mind right.
0: I guess so. (laughs) So... Wren suspects he could be back by training camp.
1: He, he's on the cusp of losing his job. He don't show up. Mm-hmm.
0: Could be. Could be. I think that they like him, but.
1: They got you know, a ton of quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. And if you're not playing, yep. they can't evaluate you. So
1: Availability is accountability. That's
0: right. He said it's really hard to see what's going on, especially in some of the drills, like the 7-on-7, seven seven, the 11-on-11. 11 11. So you'll hear a coach yelling, but you can't tell who they're yelling at. Because they're not like, hey, Caleb Beninok,
1: <laughs>
0: you put the wrong foot forward. So
1: I heard the Joes were talking about during practice when they had the media out there that they line up all the players in front of the media.
0: Yeah, that's what Ren was saying.
1: Yeah, so it's like they're doing it on purpose so the media can't really see what's going on. It's
0: messed they, up. They Why were, bother have it then? They,
1: they were saying that the, some of the media are like standing on chairs and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, trying to peer over their shoulders.
0: Ren said, "This year it's different because they used to kind of let the press out. You know, practice might start at ten thirty, and then they would l- let the press like kind of meander out there. Yeah. But this time they held them all back until right at ten thirty.
1: Yeah, see, there's going to be a Greg Schiano
0: right thing. Comparison. They're going to start pointing out, yeah,
1: or they're good. That might be why the media doesn't like Arians because he's corralling the." media of not letting them just mosey around and do whatever they want to do yeah
0: it's weird how they reacted to that with Shiano hopefully we won't see a repeat of that reaction or the MRSA or the MRSA yeah don't jinx us I will say Ren did say that it was a different feel than before not necessarily like a different energy but just people the players seem like they knew what they were doing
1: <laughs> interesting Carmen Vitale has said the same thing pretty much. That there's a lot of communication guys are
0: On the same page. On the same
1: page. Uh Wren, what podcast is he from?
0: Pewtercast.
1: Pewtercast, okay. Listen to them.
0: Yeah. They had it was definitely like substantive information about yeah. OTAs that you want to hear about the team. Like Justin Evans, why is nobody else talking about him?
1: Because they're too busy talking about McCoy. <laughs> you know, I say that, but like half our podcast was about McCoy. Yeah, that's true. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Bitching about people talking about McCoy. I know. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us. Hopefully, next time we have a podcast, we'll have some good Sue news for you. Some good information from OTAs. I'm going to go listen to Rand's podcast, Pewtercast, and see what he's got to say about the OTAs. Now, was he there yesterday or Tuesday?
0: I don't remember because it's so easy with...
1: Podcasting podcast.
0: It. you just listen to them whenever. So I, I want to say Tuesday, that was the only day open opened in the media, wasn't it? Or right. no, they were there two days this week, I think.
1: Well, Tuesday and Friday. Okay. Friday hasn't happened yet.
0: Okay. So Tuesday like In
1: podcast world, Friday hasn't happened yet. <laughs> You're probably listening to this on Friday.
0: We're after Friday. We're after
1: Friday. <laughs> so it has happened yet. But for us, it hasn't happened yet because we're stuck in a time vortex or some
0: crap. <laughs> we're in the past.
1: Hey, hit the share button now in whatever app you're listening in and share it to whatever social media platform you want. Help us out a little bit. We don't do any advertising on here, but it'd be nice to get some followers and friends of yours that would be interested in listening to some Buck stuff and us complain about the media. Yeah, just go ahead and uh, post it on Facebook or Twitter, Reddit, I don't know, where, wherever you think there's Buccaneer people at. Or if you want to be awesome, post it somewhere where there are Carolina fans, <laughs> Saints fans, let's piss them off. <laughs>
0: If you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me at mollybay at buccaneersobserver.com. Ralph can be reached at ralph at buccaneersobserver.com. We're on Twitter at bucks underscore observer. And we're on the World Wide web at buccaneersobserver.com.
1: Until next time.
0: Send Ralph some preparation H coupons. I'm disappointed you didn't get any. That was a good one. That's payback. Every time we're in the grocery store, Ralph loudly goes, Hey, Molly, how many tubes of vagicil do you need?
1: <laughs> or I'll we'll say, three do it. I'll say, "Hey, I found the vagercill over here."
0: <laughs> Every time, I need retribution. Dad jokes. Go, Bucks.